guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. How are you doing today, buddy? Not too bad. Yourself? I am. Well, I'm recovering from the uh, the cold from last week. I think mm. I actually caught it from being in the dungeon, which we are stuck in again this week. Yeah, still dungeon-like. We- there is just the tiniest hint of natural light coming in through the windows at the moment. There is literally one desk chair in here, which has been... It looks either dissolved by acid or chewed by a wild dog. I'm going to go with gnawed by a hungry, hungry uni student. <laughs> there's, there's only so much meagering around campus. Someone had to get onto the chairs. I, it is absolutely ridiculous in here. But yeah, so if my voice sounds extra gravelly and uh, slowly dies over the podcast, that is the reason why. <laughs> you do. You don't sound too bad now, but when you walked in before, you were very gravelly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll see how we go, and we'll push on into the first game of the round, which was the Crows versus the Bulldogs. Yes. The scoreline reads like it was a massive thumping, but realistically, it was just... I mean, this game was basically underwater. It was insane how much rain was mm. going on. Mm. And really, the Bulldogs, you know, they kicked themselves out of the game a little bit. Well, Two goals, 14. It's 18 scoring shots to 16 scoring yeah. shots. Uh, they It really... The scoreline was the only thing that sort of revealed how far apart this game was because realistically, the Bulldogs looked like they were in it for a lot of the time mm. until you looked at the scoreboard. Yeah. But that can happen in those rain-drenched games sometimes. But from a fantasy point of view, there were a few big scores, not quite as many as you'd hope for on a Friday night because, like we say, it was underwater, so there were a lot less marks than usual. Uh, Bryce, but, Bryce Gibbs. I'm just going to say, though, but... Underwater, a lot of tackles. A lot of tackles. A lot of tackles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rory Laird had 12 tackles. Camillus Yolman had 10 tackles in there. We got nine from Gibson, eight from David McKay. And on the Bulldogs side, you know, McCray, McLean, uh, Wallace all had really high tackle numbers. So that is one good thing about it. Mm. But you don't see as many of those plus sixes, which is really nice for fantasy footy. This is true. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Gibbs for the Crows uh, came back after... a a pretty down few weeks, actually. Yeah, good bounce back. He's been down for a while now, so... Um, you should be able to pick him up a lot cheaper than he was because he was just behind Tom Mitchell as the second most expensive player in the competition just mm. just about a month and a month or a month and a half ago. It was insane. And, yeah, so he's had a big fall from grace and you should be able to get Bryce Gibbs for a... It's and currently 679,000. His oh. break even to 115. He's got Melbourne this week, so he's probably going to drop again, I reckon. He was up over 800,000, and you mm. might be able to get him for just under 660,000 next week, which is absolutely insane. So if you want to grab him this week, he has a chance to reach that 115 break even. But if not, if you want to wait another week, I love it. Melbourne don't give up a lot of points. They don't. They're a really hard team to score against at the moment. Uh, Greenwood and Cam Ellis Yolman. I mean, they're still keeping on. They are still keeping on going. Hold on to them in draft leagues because mm-hmm. Rory Sloan's not back probably until after the bye, yeah. if if at all. Because well, did I hear correctly? He had a recurrence of his injury. Well, it's it's a list frank injury, and those are really really iffy. So. Yeah, I think I do remember reading somewhere that he... Maybe that was actually before we recorded last week. I had the odd feeling that was, and we reported on that last week. So yeah. I've, I've got the odd feeling that, yeah, it's going to be a little while before Sloan comes back in, and we know that Crouch is Brad going Crouch. to be... A, Brad Crouch is going to be a fair while. Matt Crouch looks like he's probably going to be back this or next week. But with Brad Crouch, it's a long wait. So both of those players, Greenwood and Cam Ellis Yorman, will be in the side for quite a while. Uh, you know who I did actually really like was mm. Sam Gibson. 
Yeah, um, what is it, 83 or 84 on yeah. club debut? Nice and solid. And Very Sam, solid. Sam Gibson gets most of his points historically when he played at the Kangaroos from uh, you know plus running sixes. opponents off their feet, getting those plus sixes in the wide open spaces. Didn't have a chance in the rain for that. Yeah. But yeah, geez, I mean, if he can bring that to his uh, performance next week and the few weeks after. Mm. Are you looking at him in draft leagues? In, obviously, yeah, in draft say, leagues. Yeah. Not salary cap. No, there's. At this point of the game in salary cap, you're really looking at guns and rookies, only yeah. guns and rookies. Yeah. You're either trying to downgrade your, your cash cows to get a lot of money from new rookies coming through in order to upgrade other cash cows to premium performers. So that's all you're looking at. You're not looking at any of those mid-prices at the moment unless there's someone ridiculous that just jumps out of nowhere. Uh, I agree. Yeah, Tommy Dode, not too bad a score from him, 76. A lot of people will have been stuck with him still on the field. Yeah, his break-even is 70 mm-hmm. this week, so achievable. Very um, achievable. And it will be... I have the odd feeling it'll be down there a fair bit. Melbourne are playing very, very well. They have been playing... Um, Easy, say this easier politely. teams. Easy they teams. They haven't been overly challenged in the last month. Yeah, Gold Coast... Oh, not sorry, not Gold Coast. Um, uh, who did they smash this oh, week? They played... Was it Colton this week? It was Colton this week. That was a but they played Colton Essendon when they were when Essendon were really bad. Bullies. I have the odd feeling you're right on that as well. Possibly Brisbane. Someone else. Yeah. So a lot of the the lower tier teams from last year, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tommy Dode, hold on to him for a little bit. There are other cash cows out there that really need to be gotten rid of a lot quicker. Yes. Um, we might move on to the Bulldogs unless you've spotted anyone else there that you want to talk about. Not really. No, no. Let's move on. Jeez, uh, I mean, we kind of have McRae. to. We kind of have to keep mentioning him because he's not someone that's you know year after year been that one of those top dogs. But McRae is the top dog at the moment. I mean, there's oh, yeah. there's no question about that. Even Tom Mitchell has had a little bit of an up and down month, but McRae's just kept going. So currently eight hundred eighty five thousand mm-hmm. break even of one hundred and five against Collingwood. Yep, you can almost pencil that in. Jeez. So he's going to go up again in price. He's owned by 15.77% of teams. Wow. So like you have to move a lot to get him. You really do. And I, I saw a, uh, a really good tweet from uh, Fantasy Frigo today, which was something along the lines of, not only is McRae the only player to have 30-plus possessions in each of the games so far, mm-hmm. but... Uh, oh, no, sorry. That was, <laughs> that was the two bits of information. Not only has he had 30-plus possession in every game so far, but he's the only player in the comp to actually have okay. that. <laughs> Tom Mitchell hasn't done that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, all of those premiums. Dangerfield hasn't done that. It's been a very uh, inconsistent year across the board. It really has. And McRae's been the only one who's been consistent from a premium point of view. So we're, we're going to need to move heaven and earth to get him in at some stage. But you know what jumps out at me looking at his stat line? What's that? Only two marks. Mm-hmm. He would usually get a lot of points from plus sixes because he he's does. another one of those wingmen that just run all day. Yep. 13 tackles. So he's made it up. And that's what He's I love. He's not a tackler, he, oh, usually. Not not as much as, say, like a, for the bullies, uh, I'm not McLean say, or like, Bontepelli. He, he's not a lucky hunter that doesn't know how to tackle. <laughs> but he's not an in-and-under guy that tackles for his living. Agreed, agreed. So 13 tackles is awesome. It's great. It's showing that he can do everything, all parts of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what we love to see from a fantasy point of view. McLean paying repaying owners no, that are go back to McRae very oh, yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he must have? Yes. Yeah, you think so? You at have some, to find at, a way. At some stage this year, yes. If you don't have McRae, you're not going to win. You're, um, you're whether that's 
Uh, if you're in the top, you know, a couple of thousand, you're still shooting to try and win that car. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just trying to get top of your league, someone else in your league is going to have McRae and they are going to beat you if you don't at the end of the day. So, yeah, we, we need to move heaven and earth at some stage to get him in. I'm planning to do it after his bye because, I mean, I'm just going to have to move a fair few things around mm-hmm. and those yep. three trades that you had during the bye weeks, that's going to help me get McRae at the end of the day. Very true. Yep. Very true. Uh, we'll move on from there. McLean's repaying owners with a really solid run in the forward line, which is great. Really consistent. Mm. Uh, and Bont, yeah, better game from him this time around. 92, still not quite what we were after. No. but Particularly since he's still start. a centre only. You know, if he does yes. get that forward status at some point this year from a salary cap point of view, he could be very interesting. But as a centre, I've got no interest whatsoever. Yeah. Um, Bailey Watch. Yeah, Bailey Watch. Well, this yeah. week it's oh. Williams on 89 and scrolling, where's Bailey Dale? Well, you have to scroll pretty damn far because Bailey Dale finished on 20 and he didn't have an injury. He was just very bad. Um, this sort of game doesn't really suit no, his game style. Though. No, Bailey Dale is an outside runner who frees himself up, gets into position for those plus sixes and can score goals as well. And since the Bulldogs only scored two goals, it's not his game. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, you know who I was impressed by, actually, was Lockie Hunter. I thought he was going to be in for a 40, 50, maybe 60-point game when I saw the weather report, mm-hmm. but scored 90 points. Not Five too tackles. bad. That's like 10 for everyone else. That's, that's double his record. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, but, yeah, great signs from Lockie Hunter for draft league owners mm-hmm. who are worried that, you know, if there's a, a foul weather game coming up, you know, a, a lot of people I heard might be benching Lockie Hunter for fear because he is that uncontested player. Mm. But no, put your faith in him. You've got him for a reason and keep him on your field even if the weather's a bit down. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think you he's the sort of guy you can do matchup based depending Ooh. on what other players you've got. I was about if to you've say... you've got the depth. If you've got depth, yes, but otherwise... Obviously, if you don't have depth, then yeah, if he's that much better than the rest of you guys, then yeah, you're always playing. But I mean, if you've got the depth... He's averaging 109 over the past seven games, and that's including that really down game where he was uh, suspended. So I think he scored about 40 points or something like yeah. that. All I'm saying is, coming into winter, I can see him being a matchup-based guy if you have depth. Really, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I think there definitely are matchup-based guys, um, and you could put, I mean, just talking about it before, someone like a Hugh Greenwood into that category, uh, Sam Gibson into that category, um, you know, even players like Dalhouse into that category. Yep. I think Lockie Hunter is definitely not in that ultra premium status where he's considered for salary caps, but in draft leagues, you just need to keep him on your field every single week. There's, yeah. Okay. I think there's too much upside and not as much risk as you think there is. Um, anyone else from the uh, Bullies you want to talk about there? No, not really. Nah, yeah, they've, they've got a lot of those upper tier guys and then it just really falls away at the moment, particularly with uh, Norton not being a really important player uh, uh, cash cow anymore. Yeah, well, they're playing a lot of rookies that aren't really cash cow rookies. Yeah, exactly. Uh, North Melbourne and the Giants. Geez, North Melbourne spanked it. The Kangaroos are going really well at the moment. They really challenged Richmond last week. Yeah, I was expecting North to win this, but not by 43 points. Yeah. That was huge. I did tip North at the end of the day, but yeah, I was expecting a much closer contest. Like, they're if, flying. If I had to tip a line, I probably would have gone about uh, six to ten points, somewhere around yeah. about there. Jeez, they just got a got a hold of them. And Jared Waite was the one that did the most damage. And I think I tweeted on the weekend that this is that kind of Jared Waite game. Every once in a while, he has an amazing game, but it's coming off, I think, 44 points last week. Yeah, very inconsistent. <laughs> but he's a matchup-based player. 
that you I can definitely have a look at. Most kangaroo players that have any fantasy relevance <laughs> at all are matchup based. Yeah, exactly. Most. Not all, but most. Yeah. And uh, I hope you like the fact that I traded out Goldstein into some form for you this week, mate. I did appreciate that, actually. Yep, yep. Yeah. I still lost every one of my matchups <laughs> this week, but I did appreciate the extra few points. Finally had the chance to trade Goldstein out. Not disappointing because I bought in Grundy, and that's amazing. Yeah, but very nice. First 100 for Goldstein this season. Hopefully it's a better sign for him. He is bloody cheap, so if he cranks out a few of these tons in a row and you're really needing some money somewhere, you know, I, I don't mind the idea of bringing him in, but he's got to show something for at least a month to do that. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I'll uh, I'll bring up Jed Anderson quickly <laughs> because I feel like I need to bring up Jed Anderson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go on, go on. Say your bit. <laughs> say, say your part. Yeah, clear your throat. Just uh, so one of my riskets last week. Uh, and what did he come up with? Ninety-four. Ninety-four points. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So I think that's probably worth a couple of points. Yeah, that's worth a couple of points. So double tick there. Yeah. All right. You get a double tick. Um, but that's, that's in a good all seriousness, pick. though, he has had I think his last three weeks have mm-hmm. been eighties and nineties. So he's building into some good form. Um, and the way that North's playing at the moment, probably see it continuing for the time being. Well, he's still young as well. If he's unowned in a keeper league, I mean, I'd be surprised if he was. But if he is still on your waiver wire in a keeper league, go out and grab him. Ooh, they've got Frio this week as well. Oh, so they're going to thump Frio. Yeah. I mean, it's in. It's, it's over in Perth, so... But big ground, he's a runner. He can get on his bike and exploit Frio. Yeah, I like it. No, that's a great call. Um, yeah, like we say, North Melbourne really are a match-up-based team. They had a lot of guys, uh, like Dumont was really good this week, 97. Dumont's been sneaky good the last... He's had a couple of 90s, I think, in the past couple of weeks. He's 73% owned in Ultimate Footy. He's Mm -hmm. not a salary cap guy. No, 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 no. He was maybe one year as a rookie when Brad Scott kept dropping him. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, in Ultimate Footy, his last three weeks are 99, 82, 97. Hasn't quite cracked a ton, but a solid... He's been, he's been a solid there. performer. If you have a ridiculously deep draft league, yeah. that's when I could sort of say, yeah, all right, have a look at um at uh, Dumont there. And, yeah, I know I bring it up every week, but Zeeble, yeah, he, you really don't like Zeeble. I, do I, I just, just, is there something about his face? I, know, I, I think I'm still a little bit salty about some of the guys that didn't get DPP status in salary cap. So you're just taking it out on someone that... Yeah, yeah. I know. I legitimately thought that Bont should... Should have gotten forward status. Just so do I. It doesn't mean I hate Zeke. <laughs> hate is such a strong he's word. He's actually man. playing quite well as well. Oh, he's playing very well. I mean, from a, just a pure footy perspective, he's been fantastic. But from a fantasy perspective, it's just not enough. Um, we'll move on to the, uh, the Giants because there are a lot of more disappointments from their side mm-hmm. of the ledger. I mean, Shield was good. Um, he's a draft guy only, though. Uh, Stephen Canelio just didn't quite get up to what you'd be hoping for he him. Started off well, slowed down a lot. So um, this is kind of his basement at the moment, though. Yeah, so it, can, take it can almost be expected. Uh, Jacob Hopper is an interesting uh, draft proposition. Yeah, because he has all the ability in the world to be a great scorer, but he just can't string quarters together. He was on forty-two mm. at quarter time. Wow. 42 at quarter time, and he finished the game on 86. That's a massive drop-off. Yeah, so he's almost scored more in the first quarter than he did in the remaining three. <laughs> that's that's almost impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Not even mad. But, um, but I think he you definitely want to look at 
from a draft perspective. From a keeper perspective, if he's oh. unowned for some bizarre reason, I think he's owned by seventy-seven percent of the competition. And you think they're pretty much all keepers? Oh, but I would imagine he might so. be a buy and low option because whoever owns him, there's a good chance they're going to be getting sick and tired. Probably don't do it this week because off the back of this score, they'll be feeling pumped about him. Yep. But um, if he goes back to those sort of average scores for a while, he does because he does have he a has great a ability to find the ball. So. You've just got to jump on some of those upside guys after they've had a few bad weeks when you can buy them really low. Um, yeah, and then there's a lot of other guys in there, like Whitfield was really average for a 70, um, and he's someone that a lot of people will be relying on to hopefully be in their top six defenders at the end of the year. Jeez, mm-hmm. um, oh, Taranto had a poor one as well with 70, and a lot of people have got him in their forward line for salary caps, and assuming that he'll be a top six forward at the end of the year. I still think he probably will, but this is just one bad game. Hopefully it's an aberration. In the half. You know, I mean, it's at Blundstone as well, and the worst part of it was, and I was watching some of this game, <laughs> was the wind plays, I mean, you know the wind plays such yeah. a massive factor there, and uh, the Kangaroos were kicking with the wind in the first quarter, Giants yeah. in the second, and what do you know, the Giants at halftime were up by about six points, even though the Kangaroos had kicked like 38 to five or something stupid. Yeah. Um, and in the third quarter, the Kangas were kicking with the wind, albeit slightly uh, less powerful than the first. Mm-hmm. And then the Giants didn't have the wind in the last quarter. The wind basically died off. Uh, that so sucks. that, I mean, the Giants were playing really badly as well, but that just hurts. That's a kick in the guts. It really is, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, it's not a high-scoring ground. So. No, it's not. Um, Finlayson. Yes. You Break need, even of 75. Oh, you need to get rid of him. His average already. points is 65.6. He's still owned by 38.8% of teams. Offload him. So he is the number one offload target for me this week. Absolutely. He's the first one to go. 100% agree. And he's already gone for me. And there's an Essendon youngster who you should be looking at if you can't already upgrade Finlayson. Right. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later. One thing before we move on to the next game. What did you think? Uh, did you actually have a chance to watch any of this game? No, I was moving furniture during this game. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I was checking the scores fairly regularly, though. Yep. Um, Lockie Keith, for the first three quarters, mm-hmm. was playing in the ruck more than Rory Lobb. I'll have to take your word for it. That, Lobb didn't score well, I know that. No, that, that's a legitimate fact. So Lobb was thrown in there in the fourth quarter, realistically, because Goldstein was dominating. Mm-hmm. And somehow Goldstein did even better on Lobb than he did on Keith. Mm. But yeah, I'm re- I am a little bit worried about Lobb after that. Because I'm still not. I mean, obviously they are... I, I, I mean, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> it might be me just backing him in because I don't want to look stupid by, by switching. But, but uh, it's... It's really hard when you, you can assume that, yes, he's coming back from injury and the coach is trying to sort of slowly bring him into the contest. Second game back is always the hardest, they say. Exactly. So hopefully, I mean, you've got to assume he's still the number one Ruckman at the club. I assume so, yeah. yeah. The fact that they played Keith there doesn't really mean a lot to me. To no. Be honest. Lo- I mean, Lockie Keith is not a good player. He's, he's not a Ruckman. No. Lob was recruited as a Ruckman. He wants to play Ruck. Yeah. Um, as he said, he's coming back from injury. The fact that Goldie destroyed him in the fourth quarter, Goldie is a confidence player, mm-hmm. and he would have been high on confidence by that point. Agreed, agreed. That that it just makes all the sense in the world. We'll move on to the next game, shall we? Which uh, Shanghai showdown, uh, Port versus the Suns. Just, I mean, a bit of a bleh game. Uh, you always knew that Port were going to win, and they just did it slowly and uh, yeah. slowly and surely. But from a fantasy point of view, uh, there's one really big like high from this game, and mm-hmm. one at a low low. 
Yep. But first is Rockcliffe. He backed it up. 106. Second 100 in a row. Yep. He's got a buy this week. Everyone Straight needs to get him. the week after. Everybody next week. So leave it this week so you don't get a donut because I'm sure there's someone out there who might forget. But the next week, you'd have to get him into your side. The low I'm talking about is Robbie Gray. Is this what we predicted would happen? Yeah, it is. So last week, I can't remember. I think, yeah, both of us sort of uh, sat down, had a bit of a think about it, and realized that Gray had had such an amazing game with those six goals uh, that what if they leave him up forward permanently? Because, you know, Rocky was doing really well in the center. Uh, They'll take away some midfield time from Gray, leave him up forward where he can be a damaging player. But that is really detrimental to his fancy ability. Yes. Good for the team. Great for the team. Not great for us. Do, I mean, what, what do you do with Robbie Gray? So he's, what did he he's got 61. Score? He's got 61. Yeah, the, no goals is the key thing there. I think if he kicks the goals, he might get up to 80. Yeah, but that's not enough to be a top six forward at the end of the year. No, it's not. Would you get him out in the buy rounds, because now he's got a zero coming up, mm-hmm. or... Like, so back in your, your gut, or would you wait till the buy is finished and give him another couple of rounds? Um, gee, that's a good question. It probably depends what else I've got to do this week. Yeah, because he's not hurting me this week. It's tough because of the buy, because realistically, in any other week, I would say hold on to him for another week, see if that role continues on. But because there's a zero sitting on your field at the moment, mm. and if he comes back and he's playing that role still, you know, you're dealing with 50 points over two, or like, say he scores the same again, 61 points over two <laughs> weeks. And yeah, look, so for me, the fact he's not playing this week is actually a positive, not a negative. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because it means I can focus on other stuff. I don't have to worry about him this week. All right, fair enough. So you don't have to worry about this uh, money, his price going down. Correct. So for me, I probably still have a bunch of cash cows I need to move on. Yep. So I'm doing that this week. Instead. Cool. I'm not worrying about about him mm-hmm. because I've always planned that he's not playing this round anyway. Yeah. Uh, it was never, it would never would have been in your plans to replace him with someone else this round. All right. So you, you should be sort of ready for this. Yeah. Then next week, that's when I make the decision. And depending on what else I have to do, if I am concerned about his, um, his role, role and his scoring moving forward, sideways into Rocky. Love it. I, that, that's and you probably call. get some cash out of it. You as will well. make some cash off of that as well. That's that's a good call. I like that. So leave him in your sides and then wait and see what his role is after you get back. That's what I'd do depending on circumstances <clears throat> because it's always circumstantial what you actually got to worry about in yeah, the team. I like if it. I had Robbie Gray, that's probably what I'd do. Perfect. Um, good to see Sam Powell Pepper have a really good return to footy as well because he's one to definitely look at in keeper leagues. He def- he's I mean, I'm assuming that he's gone in all of your keeper leagues out there. If he's not, go out and get Sam Powell Pepper because he had a terrific year last year. This is a bit of a second-year blues year, and we all know his off-field issues that he's had as well. Yeah. But he's going to be a great player going forward for your midfields. You've got to have him. He's actually um, unowned in a few leagues, surprisingly. What's his ownership percentage? 72. 72? So you'd think that that would be redrafts. People would have dropped him while he was off on that suspension yeah, and break. Yeah, um, So, yeah, he's available in, what's that, 28% of leagues. If one He's of, been back for two weeks. He's got an 87 and 109. So if he's, if some of those leagues are keeper leagues, go out and get Sam Pell Pepper. Just, just you'd do think it. that they wouldn't be keepers. They wouldn't have dropped him. It'll yeah. be redraft. I, w- I would assume so. Uh, we might move over onto the Gold Coast Suns because there's not too many other fantasy-relevant port guys. Just the usual players, like Ollie Wines was 
solid. Uh, Boak had a better game. Westhoff slowed down a little bit what he has been doing. Jonas is still, for some reason, scoring well. For some reason, he's a very consistent defender, which is weird to see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that's about it. Yeah, I suppose just one more to mention is Paddy Ryder, 63. He was dominated by Jared Witts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Witts looked like an immovable object against Paddy Ryder. <laughs> he, he just couldn't jump up over him. That might still, It might still be the injury, though. Um, so, yeah, we will... Um, hopefully that doesn't uh, keep going because Paddy Ryder is a very good fantasy mm-hmm. ruckman. He's a good player. Uh, Gold Coast Suns, Jared Harbrow was the highest scorer for the game. He does this every now and again. That's just it's not consistent for me to be a fantasy player, but every now and again he just does pump out a massive score. It's just, it's weird. It's weird when Jared Harbrow scores really well. Uh, and Wits just mentioned had 125. Great game from him. Yep. Aaron Hall is back in the scoring as well. He's back. Do not get bring him into your salary cap sides. No. I know he is cheap. He is cheap as shit, but do not bring him into your sides. Um, no, he's he's not too dangerous. He's not worth it. And uh, Nick Holman's had that classic great game after everyone's traded him out. 108. Thanks for that, Nick. Don't know, <laughs> don't know why you couldn't do that when you were still in everyone's sides, but we'll uh, we'll move on from there. Um, yes. One player that I'm really liking over the past month is Ben Ainsworth. I thought you might. We've mentioned him a couple of times. Um, we knew his talent when he was drafted. I mean, I had him as one of the top few players from that draft. Obviously, mm-hmm. he was drafted at pick uh, two or three. I can't quite remember which. Uh, three or four. Or maybe, maybe four, yeah. Pick I think four. I think he was taken just after McCluggage, wasn't he? Yep, he was uh, pick four. Yeah, so, I mean, we knew his talent, but now he's starting to show up from a fantasy point of view. And he, I mean, for me, he might even be worth a go in draft leagues. Like, Ooh, not in, re- cool. in redraft leagues. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh... Because obviously, keeper leagues, everyone needs to have him. But in redraft leagues, yeah. Well, his last three rounds mm-hmm. uh, since he he had that sort of role change. Yeah, um, he's gone ninety, seventy, and ninety-two. Mm-hmm. But seventy was against Melbourne, who are difficult to score against, as I said earlier. Yeah, but um, he is a forward, which is playing in his favour. Because if you get a seventy from your last forward, you're not too upset. No, but those nineties, they're gold. He does have a tough run coming up though. Oh, what's he playing? Uh, so he's got the bye this round, obviously, oh, and course. then um, Geelong, and then oh, actually, maybe not as bad as I thought. I was still Geelong's been giving up scores, uh, have they? Yeah, they've been giving up wins. But I don't know that they've been allowing a I bunch of decent they've scores. Been, they've though. been giving up scores to the, some of the premiums that are playing because they're not tagging. Yeah, but I don't know actually. Now that I think about it, though, that sort of mid-range players, whether they're giving up scores to the whole team. Yeah. Um, actually, after that Geelong game, it does open up a bit. He's got GWS, who are all over the place. Oh, jeez. St. Kilda, who are all over the place. Hawthorne, who do give up a few points. Oh, yeah. And then Collingwood. So he's got a decent run coming up. Yeah, and then Collingwood. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I love every game involving Collingwood is just fantasy gold. Um, I think we might actually move on to the next game from there. Yep. No, Essen- one else really no, no, not from Gold Coast. They're not really a fantasy-friendly team at the moment. Uh, Essendon versus Geelong. Jeez, did... Uh, who did you tip in this game, honestly? Did you tip Essendon or Geelong? I tipped Geelong, yeah. definitely. I, I tipped Geelong as well. I, I, there's, I There was a little tiny bit of me that did kind of go, Essendon might actually come out breathing fire this week. But then I thought they'd do that like three weeks previously and didn't. So, exactly my thoughts So as well. I didn't have any faith to tip them. Yeah, no. They. I mean, there's been several weeks over the past month where they should have come out breathing fire. Yep. But they haven't done it then, so why would you trust them now? Exactly. But, they did just that. They've beaten them 84 to 50. 
Zaha Rakas, top scorer. I mean, he's having a, a pretty solid year, to be honest, from a draft league point of view. Uh, I think he's averaged about 104 over the last eight games, which mm. is which is great. I mean, he he would have been really low, uh, like he would have been a low pick in your draft leagues, uh, David Zaharakis. Um, probably not as low as you're thinking. Well, I think you just don't like him very much. No, 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 no. I'm comparing him to a lot of other guys. So he's probably picked around about uh, 60, somewhere around about there. 50 to 60? Yeah, I guess I'm sort of... No, I'm thinking our drafts, which are quite deep. So, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. He's probably in shallower drafts. That is quite deep. About 50 that, to that 60. Quite low. Yeah. Some, somewhere around about there. I mean, he may even go slightly later because sometimes after that first flurry of midfielders, everyone starts going after defenders, forwards, rocks. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, a lot of guys that were taken ahead of him are scoring terribly this year. I mean, even guys in the first round like uh, yeah. Adams, Martin, Zorko for the first part of the year. Yep. And he's outscoring them by almost 10, 15 points on average. So gold for your draft leagues. Definitely. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty though. Um, <laughs> Dyson Heppel, 113. Great score from him. And he's another one who's done pretty That's well this year. Very interesting. Mm. Um, Geelong don't generally tag. Mm. And look who scored well. Zaharakis, 133. Heppel, 113. Zach Merritt, back from the dead, 108. Love it. Um, <laughs> Zach Merritt's another one that was drafted very high. Averaging, yeah. averaging only 85-ish for the year. <laughs> yes. Your man Goddard, 98. Oh, yeah, Goddard. What a game. Was, I think well, he was on like six at quarter time. I think or it was six or eight he was on at quarter time. And, and then, then they decided, yeah, we'll just let him do what he wants for a while. Oh, geez. They just they kept kicking it back to him and no one was marked up on him. He, was, he took 10 marks for the game. It I was, maintain I still don't think he's top six at oh, the end of the year. But you know who is up there is Sean McCurden, his second hundred in a row. <laughs> he's played two games this year. He's gone over a hundred twice. Yep. If he's still available in your draft leagues, go pick him up. He's probably only going to be in until Danaher gets back. Yeah, but, but Danaher's injury is potentially a long-ish, medium-term one. Well, he scores when he plays. So if he's playing, go and pick him up and put him on your ground because he is a good scorer. I know it took four goals four to get there, but he also, when he's not being played up forward and scoring, he gets up and down the ground. So... I do like him from a fantasy yeah, point of view. He is owned by 72% of Ultimate Footy Leagues. Love so available it. in 28. Yeah, love it. Go pick him up. Um, the the one I did want to talk about right from the offset was Jordan Ridley. So out of yep. the two rookies that debuted for Essendon this week, Dylan mm-hmm. Clark, Jordan Ridley, Ridley was by far the best. And, I mean, he just looked composed out there. I don't know if you had a chance to sit down and watch this game. I watched a lot of it. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, his kicking was spot on. He didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, he, he was just marking everything in sight. He had 79% disposal efficiency, which is above That's average. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was just really good to see. So this week I think he's the must-have player to get in because he's still just over 200000 so he's cheap as chips. Yep. He's in your defense where there's a lot of guys who are maxing out, guys like uh, Tommy D, especially Finlayson. I mean, if you do that direct trade for Finlayson and uh, Ridley, you're making over $200,000, which is great for your upgrades. So, I mean, if you were looking at getting rid of someone like Tim Kelly or something like that, you can use that to upgrade into a premium. Yeah, so 205000 Neg 14 is his break-even um, defender in 
fantasy. Yeah, yeah. great stuff. And Mac Welfie, good to see him back on the field. 72 is a pretty decent score, and his price will keep going up. Yes. Uh, Dylan Clark might be lucky that they won by so much because he will probably hold his spot, even though it wasn't the best game from him. But it looks like if uh, there is a uh, team selection change, he's probably the first one out the door. So it's a little bit of a worry for people who jumped the gun early on Dylan Clark and bought him in last week. Uh, Fingers crossed he can hold his spot for a couple of games. Yep. Yep. So we have Geelong as well. Yeah, Geelong just aren't going great guns at the moment. And uh, their regular guys are up there still. So Selwood, Duncan... Uh, Tui, actually, for some reason. A better game from him. Yeah, but that's good. Selwood, Duncan, and Dangerfield all cracked a ton. The really bad one was Gary Ablett. 47 Ooh, points wow. from the little master. He just... he. I mean, there wasn't... get hold of it. There was no one tagging him. It just didn't look like he could get near the ball. And then Chris Scott played him up forward in the forward pocket for a lot of it to try and... Try and like, get some sort of spark. Going. Yeah, get a bit of impetus up uh, going. But no, nothing worked. And... It just means that in a few weeks' time, after the buy, Gary Ablett will be as cheap as chips. And this won't be a long-term thing. I think he'll come back from this, Gary. Hmm. If he is really, really cheap after the buy, I have no issue with jumping on Gary Ablett in salary cap leagues. So he's 729,000. Mm-hmm. Break-even is 175. Yep. His next game is against Carlton. I don't think even Ablett can get 175 against Carlton. No, no. I, well, we say that. He's probably going to get 176 just to show yeah. us. Um, he will drop from that 729. But in draft leagues, Gary Ablett has missed a lot of time. Yep. He's come back. He's gotten a 47. Mm-hmm. Go out to a Gary Ablett owner and try and get him cheap. Yeah. Because they're going to be a little bit ticked off with Gary Ablett, and you might be able to get him for a lot less than you think. So Give it a go. See yeah. How, see how it goes. Definitely a good idea. Tim Kelly uh, is... Very, very close to maxing out. Yeah, so he scored 64. Mm-hmm. I did see an interesting uh, tweet by... It was Fantasy Freako. Yes. I saw the same one. Do you want to talk around it while I find... Yeah, so tweets? basically what Fantasy Freako mentioned was that uh, Tim Kelly at... Uh, what is it called now? GMHB Stadium? The Cattery. The Cattery. There we go. Uh, when Tim Kelly's played at the Cattery, he scored over 100 twice, and I think his other... His lower like score 90 is something. 90 something. Or high 80s. So he, he plays well at home, basically. He, he plays very well at home. So his break even is 79. His average is 79. Yeah. You'd probably back him in against Carlton at home to beat that. I will back him in 100%. I'm backing him in for a ton this week. So he's 489,000. Yep. So I think you're good for another week for him. Yep. At least. And then reassess after that. Love it. Still but, owned by 46.8% of teams. Def- yeah. So you're not the only one struggling with this, so there's a good chance whoever you're bursting will have him as well. Exactly. So I you, I reckon you've got to hold Kelly for another week at least. Uh, anyone else there that you want to talk about quickly? Just a slightly tongue-in-cheek question. Um, <laughs> Zach Smith, do we see the merry-go-round happen again? Oh, jeez, of course we see the merry-go-round happening again. Actually, I, I will mention one more because I, I, I can't talk about the Geelong Rucks situation for too long without being sad. Uh, Menegola had a really down game, which... Really, really annoying for owners, but he'll turn it around. You know, don't don't blame it on one game. You know how well he's done for the entire season up to this point. So uh, yeah, back in uh, Sam Menegola. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's push on to the uh, Saturday night game, Swans and Dockers. Oh yeah, jeez, um, I, I forgot about this score actually, and it was not pretty. 
Any uh, chance of putting any pressure on for you? No, apparently not. Apparently not. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what was pretty was Jake Lloyd's score, 163. <sighs> the Seagull. There, there's your lack of pressure right there. That, that's actually what I meant. Yes. I was, I was segueing you. Oh, you were segueing me to Lloyd. Well, I, I completely missed the segue, but Lloyd did not miss his 15 marks, 40 disposals, 41 disposals actually. Yeah, um, he had a goal in there, just, just a lazy goal, just to top the day off. Ice the cake, and still he had 163 points, but he still one, had one tackle. One tackle. <laughs> the ult- well, to be honest, you have to be near another player to tackle them. Oh, it was the ultimate. And then no one went near him all day. <laughs> it was, oh man, that was incredible. So Jake Lloyd owners, that's absolutely fantastic. Yep. I mean. It's going to be a roller coaster ride with him because he's going to be matched up on other more defensive players week to week. And I think they do have a slightly tougher game coming up as well. So you'd think whoever they're versing next actually oh, someone, someone on him. Someone will go to Lloyd. You can't just completely ignore someone oh, after no. they've scored. I'm lying. He's got um, Brisbane next. Oh, Jesus. It's, it could be monstrous. Hey, Brisbane knocked off Hawthorne this week, mate. They were, true. They were pretty good. Um, Lance Franklin, great return from him with 112. He is still a top six forward. Agreed. No, just no issue. At some point in your plans, look at getting him into your side. Yep. Uh, good game from Isaac Keeney. Yep, still holdable. Still basically just doing what he's done all year. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason to uh, think about moving him on. Uh, Parker, you yeah. know, solid enough for draft we've, league owners. But we've talked about him enough this year, I think. Well, oh, just... I, if you've got him in salary cap... You shouldn't. Yeah, anymore. if you've got him in draft leagues, you just you're have stuck to with him. Yeah, you're really, really stuck. You're kind of happy with this for <laughs> um, uh, Ben Ronke, another great score from him, and he's still got a very low negative break even as well. Jeez, um, uh, he's de- he's too expensive to bring into your side now. Obviously, last week I think was the last week, but yeah. but you are absolutely kissed if you did bring him in when he first came onto the scene, held him. And then he scored those amazing, like, six or seven goals last week. That's reset his break-even, and he's going to be one of the best cash cows of the year as a result. Um, I might actually move on to the Dockers just quickly, because a lot of Sydney's other players fell away a little bit. Ed Langdon is actually turning out to be one of the Dockers' best fantasy performers of the year. He's been sneaky good. Not, Not even sneaky. We've talked about in the past few weeks... He, before, before this week, he was averaging 92 points mm. from seven games. That is great. I mean, he's, I think he had a couple of really bad ones to start the year as well, yeah. off the top of my head. And he's had another 114. He's, I mean, he's just fantasy gold. It's He's owned by 1.89% of the competition, something like that, um, to be very specific. But the downside is I believe that Ed Langdon is only a midfielder. Uh, in salary cap? Yes, possibly. I, I don't view him as a salary cap guy. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. So if he was a defender or a forward in salary cap, he would absolutely be a salary cap guy because he is doing amazing this year. So keep an eye on DPP changes because he has been... It's really hard to sort of pin down where he has... I suppose he's been playing off of a wing a lot. He's, he's the... <clears throat> the stereotypical wingman. He's running up and down. He's getting plus sixes. He's getting the sneaky little handballs out the back. Um, he's just running all day because that's his strength. Yeah. You would be wrong as well. He is, in fact, a mid-forward. Oh, is he? Salary cap. Break-even of 63, uh, averaging 94, owned by 2.08% of teams, $624,000, and plays north next. 
no issue with bringing him in. No issue. If you are looking for a point of difference, if if you're wanting something that's a little bit out there, he's pretty out there. Get Ed, Ed Langdon's been terrific. Get Ed Langdon into your side. So for me, he's still not consistent enough for salary cap. Mm-hmm. I think he's great in draft. Um, the issue is he's gone in draft. He's owned by 93% of oh, ultimate absolutely. footy leagues. What? But look at his scores for the year. 66, 62, 111. Mm-hmm. Then he misses a game. 81, 120, 68, 130, 114. All right. So I'm, his highs are really high. He's got an incredible ceiling. But he's not quite consistent enough yet. All right, I'm putting those first two 60s out because I do remember he was playing a slightly different role at the start of the year. It was almost like he was playing like a half-forward flank type role for the mm-hmm. first couple of games. Uh, he did move a lot more into the midfield after that. So if we take away those two 60s... So would that coincide with the Hill brothers going out of the side? Probably, yeah. And they're pretty close to... Stephen Hill, at least, is pretty close to coming back. Yeah, Brad Hill, I don't think, is too close to coming back in. I think he got put on the long-term injury list. Um, was he? I missed that. I'm pretty sure he did. No, he just got suspended because he decided to go oh, out that was it. and <laughs> pretend that he wasn't Brad Hill. And not tell anyone his name. <laughs> Which was the, the greatest <laughs> the, the move. worst. The greatest move, Matt. Uh, <laughs> That's what I do when Brad I'm Hill? No. No. <laughs> no. Pretty sure you are. Oh, God, it's amazing. But if you do take away those first two scores, he has gone, you know, uh, he's only gone under 100 twice, and only one of those is a poor score. 81 is still solid from a forward, and he's gone 111, 120, 130, 114. He's got a great ceiling. Yeah, look, if you want to do it, oh, yeah, go you, for it. it you, it's a risky move, but it could be an incredible point of difference. He seems to be scoring regardless of how free I are playing. Yeah, which, which is which very is good. surprising. Uh, Luke Ryan had a great game, and it's good yes. to see Michael Walters back out there and scoring well too. Yes, yes. Uh, Nat Fife is interesting because he was tagged by Hewitt and still like scraped up to 97 because I think he had something like a 40-point last quarter. Mm. Um, My question for you on Nat Fife, yes. I know you love him this year in salary. I do. <clears throat> is he a little bit of the Isaac Heaney in that he dominates games... He has a massive impact, but his scores don't quite reflect it. I don't 100% agree with that, because up until this point, he was averaging 112. So uh, up until this... I mean, even a 97 is not the end of the world. There are premiums who are performing much worse than that, or... People we thought were premiums at the start of the year, like Billings, Dusty Martin, uh, you know, the list goes on. Zorko, Adams. Uh, it just seems to me there's... We've, uh, I feel like I've seen scores in the 90s a lot this year, and mm. that's not top eight midfielder material to me. Scores in the 90 a lot this year. Interesting. I could have Or just over. Yeah. Oh, no, looking at his numbers, I'm completely I, off the mark. I was about to say, you must be off the mark because he's had a lot of good scores. I mean, he's gone uh, only three times under 100. Mm. Um, one of those was that horrible game against Port away in the first yeah. round, and I'm just putting that to bed. Um, and his ceiling is massive. He's gone 144, 136, 123, and 128 in other games. Yeah, that's fair enough. I probably should have checked his stats before. I was <laughs> on it. But I can understand where you're coming from because he does have that look about him, and he's done that in the past. Hmm. But he's put it together this year, so that's why yeah, I think. No, fair enough, considering how inconsistent everyone else is. Oh, yeah. mate, I'll pay that. It's ridiculous. Um, so we'll move on from there. Jeez. Uh, there's not too much else. So Connor Blakely's one that I talked up last week. Um, An 84 is just not good enough from him. And no. he doesn't quite have the consistency that I hoped yet. 
All right, do we want to do the Frio rookie round? Oh, yeah, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Alrighty. Um, all right, just fill for a minute while I bring the stats up. <laughs> I love how you tell me to fill it. Well, who have we got? We've got Banfield, we've got Brayshaw. Um, the we issue can't... is I've, I've like moved them all out of my team now, so I actually have to search for them. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Chera Pierce, is he still counted in the Frio rookie roundup? Yeah, why not? We'll start with Pierce. Yeah, there we go. Um, and then Crowden is all well, Crowden. Just shouldn't be in your team in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, Crowden should be gone. I can't find Pierce for some reason. I don't know why Crowden is still in Frio's team at the moment, to be honest. He's had a horrible month. All right. The Frio rookie round. Where are we? We'll start with Crowden. Yeah. Uh, Break even is 71. He's averaging 44. He's gone. 270K. He's losing your money. Absolutely gone. Sure. Uh, averaging 56. His break even is 59. 372K. He's gone. You gotta move him on. Get rid of him. Brayshaw. Uh, averaging 60, his break even is 56, 409k. He's lost. You can hold him one or two more weeks, but he's very close to gone. Yeah. He's um, not he's not gonna last you through the buy rounds without losing no. you some cash. Um who else is there? Uh, we've got uh, you mentioned Pierce. But for some reason I can't find. Uh, Banfield. Banfield is the one that we're uh, we're missing. And Banfield I mean, he's probably held his uh, his break even only just. just. So Banfield's averaging sixty one point seven. His break even is fifty eight. So very similar to um, Brayshaw, three hundred ninety k. Um, again, you can hold him for a week or two. Then you got to get rid of him as well. Pierce slow burn, uh, averaging forty six point six. Break even is fifty one. Yeah, three hundred and two k. Yeah, he's probably the get one. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's probably the one, though, that you can hold because he's not going to lose you a lot of money. Like, no. he hasn't made you a lot of money, but he's not going to lose you a lot. I'd move the other ones on before him, to be honest, because you're actually going to get some money out of them. Yeah, true. Uh, I mean... But if you've got nothing better to do, it's going Pierce to be, needs to go as well. Basically, it's going to be the same in a two months' time with Pierce <laughs> as it is now. You're exactly. not going to lose money. You're not going to make money. But he's just going to be sitting there on your bench as a damp squid doing absolutely nothing. But at least you're getting... You've got a 40 or 50 point... Um, emergency if you need it. If you, I mean, if you're desperate, you've got a 40 or 50 point extra person to bring on for a couple of weeks in the buy rounds, basically, is what we're saying there. Uh, we'll move on to the next game, which was Saints and Collingwood. As per usual, amazing fantasy game from Collingwood. I mean, we're just, we absolutely love it. Uh, the Collingwood halfback line, which we were really, really abusing at the start of the year, is coming together at the moment. They actually put it together this game, which was very And impressive. Langdon came back in and scored well as well. Mm. Very, very interesting. So can we throw it out as an outlier because they were playing St. Kilda? Possibly, and St. Kilda are terrible. But, yeah. I mean, Howe scored 132, Crisp was 119, Langdon 116. Sharon Berg, 98. 98. Still a great score from him. Uh, yeah. Murray, them... 71. You're not going to um, say <coughs> no to that? Not from a uh, rookie price player, absolutely not. Um, um, speaking of which, Murray break even sixty seven. He's mm-hmm. averaging seventy seven four hundred and ninety five thousand. Playing the bullies who are giving up a lot of points, so he's good for another couple of weeks. Good to hang on for a bit. Um, so, have you got more faith in the Collingwood backline? Is uh, we, we've got actually got a question for some strange reason about Jack Crisp later on. So Ooh, I okay, won't then. I won't bring him into it. But uh, and actually, I think Howe is there as well. <laughs> um, but, oh, I think I saw the question. It was about their their run in the next couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, um, I, yeah, just... Are so you, I think that has to be taken into account. 
They played St Kilda this week, yeah. who had been giving up massive scores. They played the Bullies next week, who have been leaking some scores. Mm-hmm. Not to the same extent, but they have been leaking some scores. They have. So um, I'm pretty confident that they will score ne- well next week. Yep. Beyond that, I'm not as certain. Yeah, agreed. Um, we yeah. So a lot of their other top guys just did absolutely amazing as well. I mean, Brody Grundy, best, well, one of the best rocks this year, no yep. question about it. Tom Phillips has turned into a really, really good draft player, like mm-hmm. really solid and consistent. I mean, if you take out his 49 from last week with a concussion, yep. he's done. He's done very, very well. Uh, Steel side bottom, Scott Pendlebury, great players to own as well. Very, very consistent. Uh, Trelaw only just scraped up to 96, but you're still probably happy with that considering a lot of other inconsistencies Yep, yep. in the uh, premium slots this year. Jaden Stevenson actually is one you can have a look at as a rookie price player because he's, I mean, he looked like he was down and out last week, but he's going to got another 81 this week, so... He might not have reset his break-even, but he might have just met it, and therefore you might be able to hold on to him for the buys. His break-even 67. He's averaging 67. But he he had the bullies and his 448k. You can probably afford to hold him for a little bit. Well, I think you actually you definitely need to hold him for a bit because if you have a look at his scores, like he's trending upwards. Exactly. And the first few weeks he was pretty bad, but he's actually put together a really strong, consistent run. So. Definitely hang on to him over the buy rounds would be my recommendation. Taylor Adams, ugh. 78. Ugh. It's just, but, but oh yeah. if you combine that with his lookalike Josh Thomas, oh yes, 77. Between <laughs> them, they've got like 150 points, and they're basically the same person. All right, we'll go with that, shall we? They're not the same person, Matt. As but well. in all seriousness, it was a bit of a fallback after his massive score last week. But it does coincide with Pendlebury coming back into the side. It does, which is something that we said we were worried about last week. Um, one other thing I am worried about is keep an eye on Braden Maynard when he comes back into the side. Yeah, That could be the extra piece that unsettles this really high-scoring Collingwood halfback line. Do you reckon he comes back into the team Well, immediately? Oh, they do have a lot of stock in Braden Maynard. They really do like him there, so... Mm. I can't see him being constantly forced out of the side. At some stage, they'll bring him in, probably for Finn or Flynn Appleby at some stage, uh, which means that you know it just changes the dynamic. Uh, Flynn Appleby will not be the guy to be let off the chain and rack up possessions like Chris Scharenberg, those guys are at the moment. Yeah. But Maynard might, which means some of those other guys might play a more lockdown role when he comes back in the side. So just be a bit wary when he comes back in and plays. Okay. Uh, and Dugowie. Yeah, amazing. We probably should say something. About amazing games. He's really been good. terrific. I mean, uh, we we bagged out Nick, one of our players in a, a keeper league, and for having to hold on to go to Dugowie for so long, and that's going to pay off big time for mm-hmm. him. I, I I think we've not on the podcast, but personally, oh, okay. yeah. personally, we've done it many times. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. allegedly, exactly. Uh, we'll move over onto the Saints. Yep, there's really not much to speak about from there. Uh, not a huge, huge amount. Uh, Stevens going along sort of bare minimum what you'd expect from him. Sinclair, <clears throat> 103. Sinclair has a decent fantasy game. He's just really inconsistent still. Yeah. So, um, I'm not really sure what to make of him. Nah, it's it's tough. He's had 200s this year, and then he's had a lot of scores in the high 50s and mid 60s. So yeah. he's just there's, not done enough. There's some signs, but I don't know if he'll ever pull it together to be consistent enough. <clears throat> I agree. Steel, 102. Um, that's actually good for him. 
Um, he's going at about sort of 80s, 90s this year. Mm. Dunstan going well. Noons pretty well. There's a nice bit of a... There's some good solid scores. Yeah. There's a nice bit of evenness here with the fact that the only three Saints to crack the ton are all Jacks. So the Jack-off is just as strong as it ever was at St Kilda. Um, (laughs) uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Um, But we we never bring up Jack Billings as part of that because... Uh, he is the soggy biscuit in the mix of the, <laughs> of the jack. Um, <laughs> oh man! Wow. Okay. Uh, we have a new Bailey to add to Bailey Watch. We do. We do. Bailey uh, Rice. Yeah, Bailey 56. Rice. Six. Um, did you see this game? I did. Um, I mean, special? No, not particularly. Uh, he's probably going to be one of the first ones out if uh, <coughs> if there is anyone coming out of this side. So. You know, I think Ed Phillips has sort of done better over the past couple of weeks than he's shown in this one game. Uh, so don't look at him from a rookie perspective. No, not overly. I mean, if you're desperate. Uh, it was good to see Hunter Clark do well from a keeper point of view. He scored higher than 50, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, he looked really good out there as well. So I think he's under age here. He built over the course of the season, so he gradually got better. Yeah. It's, he seems to be doing the same thing. He's picking up the pace. He's looking a bit more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, Nick Caulfield is ready to go. Averaging 60. Break-even is 62. 368,000. And he plays Richmond, who do not give up points. Ready to go. Um, go. But you can probably keep him and offload some other people if he gets dropped this week. Because he's not... He might? He, well, I think Only 12 touches. I think there's a chance he might get dropped at some stage. And... St. Kilda have got to do something. I mean, they're just bad. Like, really, really bad. Mm. Um, So, we'll move on to the next game, shall we, to get off that depressing note, which was... uh, Oh, God, we go on to another depressing note. Demons versus Carlton. Jesus. All right. Uh, I mean, do we really look too deep into this from a fantasy point of view? Probably not. They had a lot of guys that scored highly, but nobody that really went nuts. Um so it's a pretty even flogging, to be honest. Yeah, and a lot of the guys, uh, you know, have been pretty consistent players for them this year. Tom McDonald has been good. A lot of draft guys. Yeah, uh, Maxi Gorn. I mean, everyone should own Max Gorn. There's no question about that. Uh, if Max Gorn isn't the very highest owned player in the competition or one of the top three, I'd be very surprised in salary cap. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, Gus Brayshaw has done well over the past few weeks. Good mm-hmm. to see from him. Uh, and then you know Nathan Jones. Uh, has been very consistent. Interesting one for me is once again Bailey Fritch is yes. clearly the winner of the um, the Bailey off at the moment. He's definitely in the lead yeah. by a long way. Bailey Watch has been basically separated into two groups, which is the other Baileys and Bailey Fritch. Um. Oh well, he's he's way. Oh, ahead he's of the pack. definitely a tier above. I think there might be a couple of tiers below yeah. him, but but he's it, way ahead of the pack. It just all depends on the role he's playing. If he continues playing in this role, it's great. If he mm. suddenly gets switched back to what he was doing, forward pocket, exactly, he will mm. take a nosedive. So just keep an eye on what he's doing game to game. Uh, <laughs> it's whew, uh, we've got a question about um, a couple of uh, rookie, uh, Tim Smith as well from a rookie perspective a bit later. So mm-hmm. we'll leave him for just a moment. Cool. Um, but uh, it sucks to see Michael Hibbard. Tagged again. I mean, he was he tagged. Oh yeah, he was tagged. He yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> it was. I think it was Lamb. Lamb. Oh really? Lamb. Yeah, oh, Lamb. He actually does quite a good job as yeah. a forward tag. He's he's making himself into a Valentine sort of annoying forward <laughs> player, and it's 
it's quite fun to watch Ted Lamb actually on uh, opposing defenders. Not but, so much uh, when you own Hibbert in every one of your drafts. Oh, jeez, Hibbert. Yeah, it was pretty down. And apparently, uh, Clayton Oliver had a had a down game this week. But uh, the coach came out after the game and said something like he'd had secret surgery or something like that. I oh, well, there you go. I am not one hundred percent sure on the exact details. So go out and have a look at it if you own Clayton Oliver and you're you're a bit worried. But, yeah, the coach said his hands were probably sore from overhandballing or something. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, (laughs) uh, We'll move on to Colton, shall we? Because it's really hard to look into such a demolition game from a fantasy point of view. Uh, Paddy Cripps. Cripps tried. Cripps don't care about no smashing. Jesus, 140 from him. Nine tackles, eight marks. He was everywhere. Yeah, he tried to to keep them alive. Yeah. And Mark Murphy, good to see him back after uh, a lot of time out as Very well. Good. I did read somewhere that he spent a bit of time off the ground um, getting his lower limbs looked at. Yeah, I assume he, <laughs> his lower limbs. I'm not sure if it was his feet, his legs. Those well, are pretty much the options. Any, any other lower parts of his body? But he, was, he, I, he spent some time off getting something looked at. <laughs> All right, we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. But Mark Murphy is a very good draft player and has been over the past couple of years now. So yes. um, you can back him in if he's on the ground. Uh, Zach Fisher, again, keeping it going. Still going well. 90 possession, or oh, 90 points, 90 possession. Jeez, that'd be a game. Um, yeah, 90 points, really good from him. Uh, but Daisy uh, Thomas still continuing yeah. his decent run of form. Yeah, 86 is a solid score in, in an absolute thrashing Uh one that I like the look of is uh, Darcy Lang. Is an interesting yeah. one. I mean, he's a he's been recruited for a reason to Carlton. So mm-hmm. now that he's in the side after that injury at the start of the season, I have no reason to think his scores won't go up as he gets his uh, uh his fitness base up to standard. the The big downside of this for pretty much everyone in the competition though was Cade Simpson. I mean, that's just a down score. Yeah, that's just bad and. Kate Simpson does need a little bit of freedom sometimes, and it was just one-way traffic. He could he couldn't link up for plus sixes because yeah. Carlton just didn't have the ball. Yeah, and he does play that sort of quarterback role, so exactly he does need a bit of freedom, like you said. Yeah, so I think we'll move on to the next game because there there's Ooh. just not too much to see here. What a win by the Lions! It was a, awesome. I mean, this was one of my highlight highlights of the round because yeah. Brisbane have been a better team than their score lines have suggested. Yes, they've actually shown some backbone and spine this year, which has been amazing. Yeah, and it's been great to see after the last few years. I'm really pleased for them. You really, really hope that they can keep a lot of these youngsters because I want to see an AFL competition with a strong Brisbane side in it. And that's what they could be if they keep these guys together for the next five years because there's some talent there. I really like a lot of the guys Mm. on their list. Uh, Dane Zorko, good to see him back in form as well. It's awesome to see. Uh, Hawthorne didn't really tag him though and no one has in the past couple of weeks. So if he runs uh, up against a team that does put a strong tag onto him, that'll be interesting to watch. That's true. His break-even at the moment is 44. Oh, he is 656,000. He plays Sydney next. Uh, so Hewitt will probably lock on to him. And mm. Hewitt's a player that could maybe... Uh, actually, no, probably won't go down into the forward line with him. But Sydney do have a good mix of uh, mid to small uh, defenders that yeah. could keep an eye on Zorko. So I, I'd be a little bit worried, particularly because they're playing at the SCG as well. And that's uh, harsh. They're playing at the Gabba. Are they playing at the Gabba? They are. Have that? Have Brisbane had two games at the Gabba in a row? They have. Oh, that's interesting. I uh, I just assumed because this one was at the Gabba that they would uh, be playing away this week. No, no, they are home again. Okay, well then, uh, I'm less worried about that now then because 
the SCG is a hard ground to score at. Uh, Tom Cutler. Tommy Cuts. We, we, <laughs> Tom Cutler is the uh, town bicycle of our uh, Keeper League, which he's been involved in a lot of trades and a lot of teams over the past few years. Yes, he has. But he does have talent. There's something there. Oh yeah, when he yeah when he's in the team, he generally scores pretty well from a yeah. fantasy perspective. So if hopefully he can lock down a spot over the remainder of the year, and he can go into next year for a keeper league as one of the premier defenders. Um, yeah, Dane Beams had a solid game. It was I saw someone complaining, which was brilliant, about a uh, Charlie Cameron for no reason. He took a mark in the goal square and kicked it ten meters back. Or, must have just been 15 metres backwards to Dane Beams. So he could have the shot on goal. So he could have the shot on goal and got him 12 points, which lost this uh, guy's matchup. You'd be pretty filthy about that, oh, though. It's it, not necessary. Oh, it's 100% not necessary. He kicked it backwards. He was in the goal square. It was, Oh, my God. I I have no idea. But it leadership. was funny. Leadership. <laughs> it's, um, solid score from Steph Martin. I mean, you're not upset with that. A 96. Nothing no. wrong with it. It just sucks a little bit that there were... A fair few other Ruckman that outscored in this round, like uh, obviously Grundy, Witt, Gorn, uh, even Goldstein got a, a better score than that this week. But that's an aberration. He's going to go on and be one of the best Ruckman of the year. Uh, anyone else you want to talk about from uh, Brisbane? Christensen has become good after everyone moved him on. Yeah, that sucks. 475k, break even of 61. He's still actually owned by 18.97% of teams. Oh, that's good. So... Good for them. If I'm being completely honest, I do know that this is the time of the season where there are a lot of ghost ships. Yeah. So there are a lot of those teams out there which have, uh, you know, people have uh, started from the from round one. They've lost a few. They've lost interest, and they haven't looked at it again since <clears throat> then. Yeah. So uh, you've got to take those um, ownership percentages with a grain of salt sometimes. Uh, yeah, I think we might move over onto the Hawthorne side of the ledger. Yep. Tom Mitchell. Back. Getting it done. Love it. He scored better away than he has at home this year, which is interesting. It is. Um, but, yeah, he was terrific in this game. Great stat line. And, yeah, he's still a safe captaincy option. Like, probably one of the safest, apart from, obviously, McRae. Yeah. But. Ooh, plays the Eagles this week at Eddie Head. And the Eagles do give away some points. To the top-tier guys. Top guys. And Tom Mitchell is a top-tier guy. He is the top-tier guy. However, I, if the Eagles do send Mark Hutchings to anyone, it's probably a Tom Mitchell-type player. Yeah, he's actually quite a good matchup. So yeah, Mitchell. because uh, like Martin, obviously, this week uh, with the Eagles playing Richmond is an awful matchup for Hutchings. I mean, Martin would have dominated him. Yeah. But... Tom Mitchell does seem like the kind of player that my, uh, Hutchings could get a hold of. So yeah. just be a little bit wary of that. Um, great, some great scores from Liam Shields and Isaac Smith, who have been pretty consistent draft guys as well. Mm-hmm. David Mirror. Who is he? Come back in. He's, he's that 28 or 29-year-old guy. Oh, or, he's the mature-age guy from their VFL. Mature-age uh, Box Hill guy. Yeah. And uh, he's come back in. He must have a very low break-even this week because that's a great score, which has completely reset what he's done. But... I'd suggest that he'd just be a bit too expensive if you don't already own him. Yeah, so Have a look. I was just trying to figure out who he was. Yeah, you probably don't need to jump on him and, and just get him in this week. But if you already owed, own him, he's going to hold his spot, hold on to him through the buys. Yeah, he's a $310,000 no. defender. Too expensive. Neg five break-even. He's too expensive, I think. Yeah. Um, so, But definitely hold him if you've got him. Uh, 
James Sicily, uh, after we banged on about him uh, being one of the top six defenders of the year, mm-hmm. uh, goes and cranks out a 71. I mean, Hawthorne have had a really poor game. You can probably put that down to an aberration. But, uh, you yeah, know... If you're going to continue to back in Goddard after what he's done... Yeah, all right. I can, weeks, I can, back, in James, I can back in James Sicily. Yeah. I can definitely back him in. That's, uh, I have no issue doing that. Um, but he, the thing was, he had a massive first half, Sicily, yep. and then he went Got shut dead down. quiet in the second half. And that was something I was worried about at the start of the year. When he yep. gets off the hook, someone just sending, uh, an opposition sending a lockdown uh, forward to him mm-hmm. and keeping him quiet for the rest of the game. Yep. Now, something that we sort of had hinted at, um, Puapolo came back into the side this week. Luke Bruce scores. Right down. Back down to average. Yep. 50 to Bruce, 45 to Puapolo. Um, I would suspect that Bruce is going to probably stay around the 60-odd points I'd most prob- weeks. I'd probably like at least another week to see from a draft point of view, but I do agree with you. That looks like where it's headed. Um, we might head on to the last game of the round, which was mm-hmm. West Coast versus Richmond. This was the game of the round for me, of course, being a West Coast fan, but, <laughs> I mean, uh, they did kind of prove their credentials as a final side. Absolutely, uh, yeah. I, I don't think that this premiership talk malarkey is, uh, is ridiculous. It's way too early in the season for that, and Richmond were playing away from home. But um, as a finals contender, absolutely. Uh, and Jack Darling is getting it done every single week. I keep bringing him up. He's finally realized how to football. And how, he definitely realized how to football. It's awesome. Um, so, oh, But I don't know what you can do. Realistically, if you own Jack Darling in a draft league, you are holding on to him for dear life. That is, he is in top form at the moment. If you want to sell high, you'd have to sell for something pretty good. Yeah, you would have jumped on him as a bit of a lottery ticket early on and yeah. then just rode it. So yeah, um, he's owned by ninety four percent of ultimate footy teams, um, and yeah, his last <coughs> month is 101, 114, 121, 151. If you're going after him, you're buying high. Yeah, and but if someone does come out to you and say, right, I want Jack Darling, I'll give you something amazing. Like uh, it's really hard to say, but if you get someone along the lines of like a Matt Crouch offered to you who has underperformed over his past couple of games and is injured, mm. I would take that. Absolutely. Um, you know, geez, even... Yeah, I don't like... Someone, I, I don't mind the idea of selling him high mm. if you own him. Because this is the top... You'd assume that this is the crest of the wave. Like, this you'd has to be the top. So. You'd think so. And just looking at his... Um, uh, run home, his last three games, which will be during the finals, you yep. think, for most leagues, yep. are against round 21, Port, who mm-hmm. do have a bunch of good tall defenders. They do. Um, Melbourne, yep. who don't give up a lot of points and do have some solid <laughs> tall defenders. Round 23 is against Brisbane, so he could get off the chain there, but you've got to get to the final. That's true. However, they also have some good tall defenders. Yeah. They're just young. On the other side of things, Richmond haven't been giving up a lot of points prior to this game at all. And they gave, and up, they, and they gave up 151. And they have good defenders. I mean, yeah. they've got, what, Grimes, um, Asprey, and, of course, Rance. So, and yeah, he's you scored a day when you would have gone good defenders and you would have just gone Rance. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, we'll move on from talking about Alex Rance as well. Yeah. Um, Elliot Yo could see him come back from a knee injury. Hopefully, there's nothing too bad there because because he should be a top six defender. You have to get him into your side at some point this year. The highs are just too high to ignore. 
Um, and Andrew Gaff has been really consistent, which is great to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> same, right. with, same with Jack Reddin. Continuing his consistent run. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark LaCroix is an annoyance for draft leagues, though. He's owned by a, by a lot of draft leagues. I checked him out earlier today, actually. Name value. Name value it's right name there. Value. His year has been very up and down. He started the year off really well. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of, you know how we talk about how we like trends trending upwards? Absolutely. He's been trending down with the odd spike. Mm. Um, so his year to date, he's owned by 77% of teams. Yep. Uh, started off on fire 112, followed by 86, 73, 67. 66, uh-huh. gradually trending down, bumped it back up with an 80, and then a 69, 45, bumped it back up this week with a 93, so, so you would expect he'll trend down again. He, he should, absolutely. Um, uh, the other one I want to talk about just quickly before I move on to the Tigers is Jake Waterman. Time to jump off Jake Waterman in terms of him being a cash cow for salary cap leagues. Um, I think he's made you just enough money now. Uh, he'd be very, very close to his break-even. Uh, so it's it's he, time to move him on. Indeed is. He's averaging 58.9. His break-even is 58. He is $375,000. Yeah. Time to move. Yeah, time to move him on. He's made you money. He's done his job. But there are a lot of... I mean, you can even move someone like a Spargo if he's in your midfield into your forward line to free up a midfield spot. Yep. There's a lot of ways that you can do that this week. Uh, we'll move on to the Tigers quickly. Um Again, not a fantasy-friendly side. They had no scorers over 100 this week. Jack Rewalt was the highest scorer with 94. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh Caddy's still up there, which is really solid from him. He's had a solid year. Dusty Martin is ever disappointing this year. Just Yeah, he's not reaching the the highs of last year, understandably. Yeah, but but understandably in terms of, yeah, no one was expecting him to win a Brownlow uh, Premiership medal and a Norm Smith all over again. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting him to go from a 115-point averaging player to averaging under 90 points this year. Yeah, well, I, I, when we did our big calls at the beginning of the year, I had him, I think, as the second highest averaging for, um, mid for the year. You did, yeah. And he definitely hasn't achieved that. I mean, I, I could see a drop-off. I could see him maybe going down to 105 average, and that would have been my, you know, this is the worst that's going to happen. He's just yeah. too good. He is rubbish this year for fantasy football. He is absolute rubbish. The, the buys are coming up. I can't afford to get him out of my side in salary cap. But after the buys, <laughs> I, so when it's his buy, that's what I'm doing. I'm moving him on. Unless he shows something amazing in the next couple of weeks because he has been trash. Yep. So uh, just had to have a little bit of a rage at Dusty Martin. Yeah, a little bit actually. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. The voice is starting to go though. So I think unless there's anyone else you want to bring up particularly. There is not, no. We'll uh, we'll end the podcast there. We'll come back with part two to answer some of your questions. And of course, to play our favorite game, Risk It for the Biscuit. 